0: Good evening, I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award winning radio broadcast in our 19th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African American community.
2: Good evening, I'm Liz Mitchell. The Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Birthday Celebration Commission seeks to promote and celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and promote the acceptance of diversity in the community. The commission sponsors events and programs to commemorate the annual Dr. King federal holiday, including a volunteer service day initiative, a day on, not a day off, 40 days of peace, the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Legacy Award, the annual community-wide Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. birthday celebration, The commission also sponsors events throughout the year, which promote justice, racial harmony, and equal opportunity.
0: In honor of the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Indiana University hosts an evening celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., which will take place as of this pre-recording this coming Friday, January the 12th, at the IU Memorial Union's Alumni Hall. The program includes student performances, IU's Building Bridges Award presentations, and special keynote remarks from Dr. Sean Harper, one of the nation's most highly respected racial equity experts. Sharing Dr. King's sentiments, the City of Bloomington, the Dr. MLK Birthday Celebration Commission, is committed to amplifying his message regarding the power of education during the 2024 celebration and beyond. This year's theme, for the city of Bloomington is unlocking freedom, the transformative and liberating power of education.
2: Today's 2024 birthday celebration included performances by Indiana University African-American Choral Ensemble, Fairview World Music and Highland Park Elementary School Choir, presentation of the 2024 Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Legacy Award. Presenters include both elected and community leaders, recognition of a day on, not a day off volunteers, and information about 40 days of service opportunities.
0: Joining us this evening to discuss celebratory activities surrounding today's Dr. Martin King Jr. Day and provide a preview of Black History Month, which is right around the corner in February, it is none other than Bring it On contributor, Dr. Gloria Howe. Gloria is the director of the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center and has a mayoral appointment on the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Birthday Celebration Commission. Dr. Howell, as always, welcome to Bring It On.
1: Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Now, did, did IU coin the slogan, a day on, not a day off, or was that a national it's not a trick question. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've been saying this for X amount of years. I don't know where it originated from.
1: Yeah, it is a national a national okay. Okay. thing. It's always associated with MLK celebrations.
0: Okay. And mm-hmm. 40 days of service, is that a unique Bloomington slash IU type of... That's,
1: I think that's also a national thing. The way that people operate within those days is different um, based upon where you are, but the actual term of 40 days of peace was something that um, was kind of like nationally known. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So that, that that term 40 has, somehow has some significance with 40 acres and a mule. And I'll stop right there. Now, one big task is how do you get town and Gown to collaborate together to celebrate Dr. King's special day?
1: Yeah, um, I think that's something that is a, is a challenge when you're in a, in a city where the, the, the university is just so, just takes up a lot of space, um, both literally and figuratively. And I think one of the things that we've been intentional about, um, I know I do this in my role um, with being the director of the Black Culture Center, but also doing things in the community. I try to model to my students what it means to actually have a foot in both places. And to let them know that there's a life that exists outside of the walls of campus. Um, And as a resident or as a a um, person who lives in this community for the time that you live here, even if it's temporary, you know your four years or your two years or however long you're here for a program, you have a responsibility as someone who lives here to kind of know the happenings of your community. And the only way you'll get to know that is by being outside of you know your the institution. And so one of those things is with the MLK celebration and um, or just ML- what we do to celebrate the legacy of MLK in general. And so um, students are always and not just students, but people that are that are within like campus proper, you know, faculty and staff are always looking for um, service projects. And so, you know, they're wanting to go to Middleway House and they're wanting to go to the Rise and they're wanting to go to, you know, um, the uh, community kitchen and all these places. But. Um, I always talk about this to my students um, in terms of like intrusion, you know, like you're, you're a person who lives here, but if you don't take the time to get to know what these entities are about, and now all of a sudden you want to just go do service with them one day out of the year, you're not really doing them much justice, right? So you're right. you're kind of being intrusive um, into their space. So we honor those, those agencies and all those folks that do um, this very important work that affects our communities, um, our community in terms of black and brown folks in particular, um, by getting to know them throughout the year so that when MLK service day happens, you know, we want to call up Middleway House or whomever, uh, Bethel AME Church to see if we can come and clean up the pews. I mean, whatever the case may be, we already have an established relationship. And so I think from from the, the MLK celebration is just a demonstration of how that can actually work effectively if we're. Um, pushing that message to the campus community that we're actually one community. Like we can talk about IU, Ivy Tech, whomever, um, and then like city of Bloomington, but we're, we're actually all one community, which is Dr. King's message anyway. Um, So I think that's how we do, we do a lot of that. And you can see remnants of that. Um, It was very evident in the program, um, the MLK uh, celebration that we do, for the city, because we always have the choral ensemble. We always have representation from IU and you kind of have these visible nuggets of where you see, you know, the merging together. So it's a beautiful thing.
0: It is. It is. Liz?
2: I was just going to say it um, for me, part of the learning experience that um, the students at IU would get by volunteering in the community, then when they leave here, they've got that background. They could take wherever it is they decide to live. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we all know that some people decide to stay here. So it's a foothold and it's part of that learning experience of community service, as well as um, uh, getting to know your community where you are now while you are attending college. So thank you so much, Gloria, for putting that together and making that happen because I do see you in the community a lot. And then the community needs to know folk over at IU. Sure, That's right. That's right.
1: absolutely. It's got to kind of go you know, both ways. Yes,
2: mm-hmm. it seems to me you're doing a lot of things, not only on that day, but I like hearing that you're going to continue things throughout the year. Can you explain to our listening audience what those other things are that you're doing? And if there's anything they can, any way they can get involved?
1: Yeah. So um, particularly with, with MLK, um, I want to mention something that's that's pretty exciting that the commission has been working on. And um, we kind of, took a step back because we wanted to regroup and see what the curriculum and see who would be interested. But we do have, um, this one, we call it one community curriculum, um, where we actually train volunteers, um, to go into local schools that would, that want us in their schools to actually talk, um, about the legacy and the principles and values of Dr. King. So, um, a lot of the things that, um, are, are, critical for kids to learn about um in terms of unity and um identity and and being proud of who you are and also embracing difference um while at the same time embracing togetherness um those things um so we have a one of our commissioners uh, Jessica Davis who's amazing um she's the vice chair of the commission um, and also the um, She's the the second in command, if you will, at the Montessori School, the Bloomington Montessori ah! School. Yeah, Jessica's amazing. And she has been so um, instrumental in this because this would be, I think, around like the third year or fourth year that we've done this kind of one community curriculum. So, Clarence, you mentioned the 40 Days of Peace um, opening um, we were talking before. And that's some of the things that we would do in the 40 Days of Peace is actually go into the school's and do a presentation to the students. Um, And so, yeah, so the curriculum um, Jessica led us in that the curriculum is built um, for K through six grades. Like everything is, is customized for that, those particular grades based upon what, you know, she's a, an educator. So based upon what the standards are for those students. Um, And so we would train community folks like volunteers um, to do this type of work. And, We halted a bit, but if there are schools who are um, interested, like we just don't go into the school. Of course, there's a process and everything, but if schools are interested, um, we have like volunteers that can go in, like the commissioners, as well as um, community members who want to be trained can reach out to us um, and we will train them, which is a pretty, it's not, you know, extensive, but it's robust um, so that they can get um a good feel of you know being in the classroom not just the material but just like classroom management and dealing with little ones who have a lot to say um but it's a fun a very very fun experience and an educational opportunity um for those kids because they're learning about MLK um and and his legacy so we do that um and then of course like i mentioned the service activities um i for one from from a campus side of things Um, I'm incredibly, incredibly proud of our student organizations on campus because they're kind of continuing this work alongside us. So um, the MLK Commission, uh, one of our commissioners is actually the president of the IU chapter of the NAACP. So there's another way that you can kind of see, like kind of from a leadership perspective, the town and gown. So Um, we've kind of made made it a point and I've made it a point as as being somebody that works on campus to try to get students to be involved with the commissions. Um, And so the president of of the IU chapter of NAACP, which is incredibly active, um, is a member of the commission. And so she works um, with her organization to get them involved in very similar work that the commission is doing so that we can partner, whether it be with with her um, or the, the Monroe County branch of the NAACP. Um, to do service to um, do different events that are happening in the community uh, earlier this year we did some voter registration things together um, and so you see a lot of that that's going to happen then of course Black History Month will we'll, we'll get into stuff
2: so. well I tell you it,
0: um wow what a way to start off this program it's it's not just January the 15th it never is. And, and for years, it's, it's always been, you know, why are we taking off? Well, you're not taking off. It's a day on, not a day off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a time to uh, reconnect and and really recognize the valiant, bold, patriotic efforts of Dr. King and so many others who, who put themselves on the firing line, literally, um, who did some heroic things that, you know, we're experiencing as a nation some uneasiness, some some real unsettledness right now, but back then it was a given. You're going to get this opposition. Jim Crow was alive and well. Uh, death threats were a routine thing. Church bombings, uh, cross burnings, uh, beatings, uh, on and on and on. So it, it's it's somewhat ironic that. The pendulum is sort of swinging back to a time that we thought we had overcome. And in this 40-day of um, uh, 40 days of peace and, and sort of so- social justice raising and on and on and on, are there going to be efforts to educate people as far as the 2024 election cycle that's coming up in the fall or registration, or just helping people to, to become aware of the issues? Vote uh, your conscious. Or at least know what's at stake and and are there efforts uh, either because you do things throughout the year, not just in the month of January or February, but are there efforts to maybe explore that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I, I have, this is, you heard it here first. Um, I haven't even, <laughs> haven't even talked, talked to the commissioners about this, but something that's been like kind of, um, I've been mulling over is, of course, Remembrance um, Day, which we, we commemorate the, the death of, of Dr. King April 4th. And um, we, I'm very proud of, of of the MLK Commission because we went from just literally doing that January 15th event right. um, and just things that people were individually doing to now wanting to do like a, a couple of kind of uh, major events throughout the year. And one of them is Remembrance Week. So last week or last week, last year we did a remembrance week of events which was a, a big undertaking but it was nice we had the mem- the um the the history walks that we you know um uh, connected with the the um some of some black uh historic um entities in Bloomington like the Banneker Center and the uh, churches and uh Butler park and those things so that was a really really good um initiative um but it was also like a, a lot of a lot of on the ground type of work, which we enjoy, but it just it was just a lot on us as a small but but mighty group. Um and so I was thinking about how um to your point, Clarence, about like the election and how critical it is and maybe doing something um around that for uh, Remembrance Week in particular, um especially seeing that um, you know, Dr. King being in Memphis um when he was killed and being there because he was doing activist work um with with the uh, sanitation um workers striking and so thinking about um the work that he was doing from an advocacy perspective and that very much being um the key to this to electoral politics in general like we're we're advocating for something we believe in or trying to get something undone that shouldn't have been done in our mind or or what have you um so kind of connecting those those dots and I think that's a lot of what we as a commission do because People see our name as MLK Commission, and they probably think, "Oh, you know, MLK, nineteen twenty nine, nineteen sixty three, March on Washington, uh, you know, nineteen sixty eight, he died, and then that's it." <laughs> you know, yeah. so yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think people that you know because we think of of him having such a, a short life, um, and we think about the service aspect and what we're doing for the community, which is in which was a part of what he did too, but. You know, there was another side of Dr. King that was a fighter and,
0: you know, mm-hmm.
1: um, an activist that that went to went to war with his words and with the pen and how he, you know, let his voice um, be a voice for for millions of folks that that needed um, who didn't whose voices were silenced. And so I think we we can use the Remembrance Week to kind of get back. To some of the Remembrance Day to get back to some of those things, so I look look forward to kind of incorporating some voter education stuff in there.
2: When does the uh, forty day, uh, forty days of service start? Is that like starting now, or you wait until February, or what are those days?
1: So it starts on MLK Day. Okay. It actually, it actually so MLK Day itself kicks off the forty days of okay peace or forty days of service. Um. It's called. Sometimes it's forty days of peace, and other places forty days of service. Um, but it starts on that day, and and it continues on into into Black History Month, which is kind of like the, I guess you could say like the the point of it all is to kind of continue um, that work and honoring Dr. King in the, you know, our month, which is the shortest month, but we know we celebrate mm-hmm. this. So, um, yeah. So it starts. It kicks off on MLK Day.
0: Okay. If, you, if you've just tuned in to bring it on, uh, the voice you just heard is none other than Dr. Gloria Howell, who is um, not only a member of the city of Bloomington's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Birthday Celebration Commission, she's also director of the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center on the IU Indiana University campus and wears many hats um, and is, is very active in the community. And she's just explaining uh, some of the phenomenal things going on during the season of recognition, because I've always viewed it now as from the middle of January through February. Um, so we we are, were at the cusp of not only celebrating uh, a phenomenal uh, drum major piece, but then segueing into a celebration of, uh, is this the leap year, 29 days? Mm-hmm. Of 29. We, we gained another day. Uh, 29 <laughs> days of Black history uh, officially recognized uh, during the month of February. By way of a quick question, uh, last Friday on the 12th of January, things kicked off on the IU campus. There was an afternoon celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Can you describe what the focus and emphasis of that event was?
1: So the, the January 12th event, um, the the main focus was to really rally around this idea of um, what it means to embrace equity and inclusion um, and also kind of prepare us for all the battles that are before us um, in terms of DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion and kind of a I, culture.
0: I, 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 w- I want to stop you right there now. Elon Musk. Is not very pleased with that phrase, DEI.
1: So I heard. They're,
0: they're, they're beginning to blame all of societal <laughs> ills on DEI. So, so be careful, Gloria.
1: You know. Okay, Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right though. That 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 those three little letters do something to, to some people. Um wow. so <laughs> it, it, it's 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 mind boggling to me. Um, but the the event on campus featured um, Sean Harper, who's an amazing scholar, um, mm-hmm. a scholar,
2: homegrown.
1: yeah, mm-hmm. homegrown um, IU alum, and Sean Harper is um, someone in in my field of higher ed student affairs, um, someone that whose work I have definitely um, marvelled at and admired. Um, ever since I kind of you know hit the field and and found out who he was when I was studying, um, in my program, but he is an unapologetic um, equity scholar, and that's what I love about him because he's going to tell it like it is. And that, okay. the- <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> what he did on uh, January twelfth. Um, and so I I think that 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 event in and of itself was just a call to action um, for, you know, folks who are, um, folks who are doing this type of work. It's just incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important.
0: As a young man, um, boy, he has risen through the ranks, and I read a little bit of his profile, I think over 12 books, um, and at at this young age is now a full-fledged professor at USC, Started a center, the USC Race and Equity Center, um, on and on and on. And he is just blazing a trail. And because he is an IU alum, he's he's part of the IU fabric, it would be wonderful to have him come on, bring it on at some point. So our goal for 24 is to secure Sean Hopper uh, to do an interview. <laughs> and, Gloria, I'm so glad that you're going to help make that happen. You heard, you heard it here first, people. Go
1: I'm gonna Thank do what know. I can. I'm
2: gonna, do, I got you. <laughs> All right,
0: um, Liz.
2: Okay, I was just gonna say, you talked about uh, uh, the one community curriculum. That sounds wonderful. What other things throughout the year we expect to see?
1: Yes, from so. From which angle do you want me to take it from, Miss Liz? From co- MOK Commission or Neil Marshall? Or
2: let's do. Let's talk about Neil.
1: Yes. Yeah. What's going on there? We got so much happening. Oh my goodness. Um. So, if 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 I may, I can go into some of. I'll just start at the top and go. Start with Black History Month, if that's okay. Um. So we'll we'll go there. Um. Very exciting Black History Month celebration coming up. Um, and this is to to how we started the broadcast. Um, when you mentioned that, Liz, about the town and gown, um, mm-hmm. that has been such a priority for um, both myself and Chatoya Moss, who is in charge mm-hmm. of the City Black History Month programming. And it just feels good to work with people that you don't have to convince them yeah. that something is important. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what I love about Shatoya. Um she is just, you know, she and and Beverly and, and everybody in that office, like, they're just like, what can we do? And this all started, um, the pandemic has been rough on people. And we know we're still kind of like trying to restore ourselves from that. But one of the great things that came from um, the pandemic was us kind of building our relationships with the city um, because we had to, because we were competing for the same audience and everybody was at home. Yeah. So, <laughs> so- So, you know, we we had to do what we can to do these virtual programs. And so our first kind of I think the moment where I knew like this is kind of a match made in heaven was um, was actually Black History Month in in 2021. January 2021 was the first time we collaborated um, where we had Verdeen White and Shelley Clark. Um, from Earth, Wind and & Fire and Honeycomb respectively and we interviewed them that's when we focused on black arts and that was a beautiful program in the midst of all the ugly, you know, what's happening with COVID and we had to figure out technology and all this stuff but it, was, it worked and it was great. Yes, yeah and so we've tried to do something every year since then um, whether it be collaborating for Juneteenth or collaborating for Black History Month or something uh, we've mm-hmm. tried to to come together with the city. So mm-hmm. this year, um, for Black History Month, um, our theme is Us at the Movies," um, celebrating Black cinema. And so we're really excited about um celebrating celebrating movies. And our we're actually partnering with not only the city of Bloomington, um, but the Black Film Center and Archive on campus. And I encourage folks, um, all of my, um, fellow. Uh, residents in the community, um, whether you're on campus or not, to take a trip to the BFCA um, and meet the director, Dr. Novotny Lawrence. Um, Clarence, I'm going to bring him on here too. Um, (laughs) He's amazing. (laughs) He's amazing. And he's a newer member of our community. He's only been here since September. um, Mm -hmm. And he is coming, has come from Kansas. And he's just, he hit the ground running when he got here. And we were so fortunate to work with him. Um, earlier in the semester and so we're partnering with the bfca um our friends over there dr lawrence essence joy uh really great people um to to celebrate black cinema so we're doing two kickoff events and that's because one of the things i think with town and gown um there's like a sweet spot and sometimes to get the sweet spot you got to have multiple events and so (laughs) um so for we talk about um with we talk about audience quite a bit. And of course my audience is primarily students. Chatoya's audience for the city is, you know, a lot of community folks. Maybe they're retirees. Maybe they they work in Bloomington. They but don't they don't work at, at IU but they work in the community elsewhere. Um and so we talk about what we have to do um to reach particular audiences. And so for me, um I wanted to Obviously, get our students involved, but also bring exposure to the Black Film Center and Archive, which is a gem on our campus that not enough people know about. Um, and so, the art kickoff is January thirty first, um, which is on a Wednesday evening at six o'clock, and it's going to actually be at the Black Film Center and Archive. Um, and we're focusing on black exploitation, which is pretty exciting. Um, Dr. Lawrence is going to do a talk on black exploitation um, from a historic perspective, but he's also going to connect. Um, Blaxploitation, um, and kind of the ways in which it has impacted hip hop and um, contemporary culture as well, pop culture. And so we're really excited about what he's going to do. And then um, the BFCA is going to host us for a gallery walk where we're able to see movie posters and artifacts that they have collected over the years um, from exploitation films.
0: So- uh, can you, I, I want to ask you to go back a little bit and for some of our listening audience, they may, they were probably not born. During that era of black spo- oh, what am I saying? Black exploitation is still going on. What am I saying? Okay, but anyway, what we recognize as official black exploitation back in the 60s, uh, you know, the bell bottoms, the flop hats, the uh, halter top, all that. Can you explain what black exploitation was during that time? And of course, the experts are gonna talk about how it's morphed into something somewhat recognizable still today. But can you talk a little bit about uh, what was black black exploitation?
1: Yeah, so in in that time it was a, a genre, and and not even just um, yes, it it was centered around films, but at that time it it literally reflected the times. Yeah. Um, so it was a time where black folks were um, foregrounding themselves. Um, in movies, but also when you think about uh, Black Power, you think about mm-hmm. um, you know activism. You think about the um, Black is Beautiful um, movement and all those different things. Um, and sticking, the Black sticking arts, it to the man. Hey, there you go, sticking it to the man. Um, the Black Arts Movement, um, mm-hmm. all those different things like Black exploitation kind of was birthed through all of that, and it was a time where um, Black filmmakers, um, along with Black actors and audiences were really kind of getting into center stage, if you will. Right. Um, and they were um, in these films where um, you saw black folks elevated as heroes and, and, and she um mm-hmm. where they're taking down, you know, the villains and um, they're, they're the ones who are saving the day, you know? And mm-hmm. so at a time where, um, you know, a lot of, and even today we see where a lot of, I mean, we just saw, Think, speaking of movies, we saw Angela Bassett getting, you know, um, her honorary Oscar um, last night. This woman has done tremendous things and, and you know, a lot of us would argue that she should have gotten an Oscar a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and now she's having to get an honorary one from the Academy which is a whole other a, whole yeah,
0: other like, it's, a it's an oops <laughs> moment.
1: <laughs> yes. Please yes. forgive
0: us for our oops moment.
1: <laughs> you know, exactly. So it's just like, you think about black exploitation um as making room for those for those types of of of, of accolades to be given, but we're recognizing our own is the way that right. I would um, you know, um giving giving space for our own kind of on the big screen um and making sure that those folks get their flowers. Um, and so that's a lot of what Dr. Lawrence is gonna do is in his talk yeah. is talk about, you know, not just the Pam Greers of the world who are important, but yeah. talking about other um, you know, films and actors and actresses that just haven't gotten their just due um in the world of of, of cinema and particularly black exploitation. So
0: I, I would like to hear views of, of say white directors. Uh, you know, we all grew up watching good times, right? And yeah. and those are two white Producer, well, white producer, white director, whatever, a whole team of individuals who maybe consulted with the characters, but for the most part, created the the image, created uh, the the storyline of this family trapped in what was supposedly, I guess, what Cabrini Green or whatever, trying to get out, or Robert Taylor projects in Chicago, never got out, always seemingly were about to get out, but. Just before they did, boy, I tell you, they slid right back down into the hole. Yeah. But then again, you know, we grew up watching that and asking ourselves, how real is this? Or why is this being portrayed? Or why is this being overemphasized? Um, And, and I hope he talks a little bit about that dynamic where the input of the guidance of the project, uh, we were even limited in, in voicing our opinion because James left out of frustration over J.J.'s role. Of, of yes,
2: I remember being, that.
0: Being emasculated. Um, and thank goodness that uh, uh, the daughter, um, not Thel- Thelma, I guess, Thelma didn't fit the mold of of whatever. she fallen into that trap or that snare. But, you know, a resilient family and the anchor of the family, while it was James, to me, will always be the father, the mother, Arose. and I don't want to. I don't want to dissect. I, I'm doing that, but then again, I'm just thinking about what my images were growing up, um, and then from there, moving on up to the Jeffersons. Uh, you know, we all know the theme song, uh, but you know that was a powerful image again. So now, what do we have? Uh, you know how blacks were exploited. I think through their masculinity, their sexuality. They were they were hypersexualized. Overly masculine. They, they, you know, Ebonics wasn't even created then, but boy, we we mastered a sub language. And um, our way of getting out was to sell poison to our own. So, I mean, it's, I don't know, it it was a frustrating time, but then we celebrated the fact that people were, their names were getting larger and larger. That Jim Kelly wasn't fighting people with uh, Bruce Lee, that, you know, it was, uh, you know, a uh, Ronald Neal and Superfly or something, but uh, I can't wait, and I do want to speak to him because we got a thousand one more questions about that. Because I wonder if we are again going back to that type of mindset in our in our big screen programming. So,
2: I have a That's- question. <laughs> um, what do you feel that being here in Bloomington to celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday? and the um, Black History Month celebration. Do you think that being here in Bloomington gives us uh, a uniqueness that no other city, especially something like Indianapolis, that has? All the things that we do is because of being here in Bloomington with the opportunities that are offered here that, you know, you probably couldn't have that in a larger city. Right. Gloria,
0: I think you're muted.
1: Yes, I would. I would definitely agree with that. Um, and I I find myself having these conversations with people as someone who, who kind of was, who was a transplant in Bloomington, um, moving, having moved here from Mississippi, and growing up in small town in a small town and being in in a in a college town like it, before or going from home in New Albany, Mississippi and then Oxford, Mississippi when I went to Ole Miss, which is, you know, college town and then coming here. And so I find so many benefits to being in a small place and I, I find myself kind of like defending Bloomington, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah. Particularly to to Black folks um, and young, like young Black folks in, in particular, because of course I run into students all the time, graduate mm-hmm. students. Um, but I tell them they're there are so many opportunities that are available yet untapped. And if you don't take advantage of those, you're missing out on the essence of your, your core experience during your time here. Um, and again, it doesn't matter how long. It could be two years or 52 years. It doesn't matter. There's some. I think what I love about Bloomington is that nobody is left out when it comes to um, age for one um nobody is left out like I think about the the young people um gosh the equity ambassadors at Bloomington South that Mm -hmm. advocated for the anti-racism policy you know and those young like they those young ladies were on it like uh, those students were on top of things and I think about just how they created space for themselves at school board meetings, you know, in in meetings with their teachers and all these other folks, like they, you know, they started young. And I think um, seeing examples of that all the way up to, you know, we see our elders or people who we look up to in the community that um, may have like retired in on paper, (laughs) you know, but they're still, they're still like out doing things and they want to know like, how can I be supportive? Like the two of you are always, you know, asking, Hey, can we do a story? Hey, what's going on at the center? Hey, what's going on? You know, I'm stopping by Bethel. Hey, I'm going to go do this. Um, You know, folks don't have to, don't have to do that, but they're, they're active. And I think um, Bloomington is such a specific place. And some people, when I, when I say that, they're like, what do you mean by that? That it's such a specific place. I honestly can say that there are experiences that I think I've gotten here in terms of cultural um celebrations like like MLK like Black History Month that I wouldn't have anywhere else mm-hmm. um and part of that is not just because of infrastructure but the support behind it and yeah. the support is not just the people that have the titles or the people that make all the money that make the decisions. It's the community, right the community members um I don't think we could have brought Verdeen and Shelley just anywhere. Um, even if we were virtual, I don't think that could have happened anywhere outside of Bloomington because um, it, it it takes a certain recipe um, that includes a certain like kind of zeal that people have. And that's what that's what I love about Bloomington. The black folks in this town in particular, they have zeal to just move stuff. Um, and, and we see that. I think we saw it with. Um, during new year's eve miss liz at the hole like i I think that was um just fantastic and and hearing about that and and things coming around full circle and you know hearing people i hear my colleagues talking about what that space meant to them oh Um, yes you know so it's just like when people have an idea i think that's what i love about being in being in this town like yeah you have to deal with the infrastructure and you have to deal with the politics and all that which which we could argue are everywhere but these people, like, there's like a get up and go <laughs> among yeah. um people here. And, and even just the way that the city city government is made up, like with the commissions and the coalitions, that's why I tell my students, I didn't have any of this when I lived in Mississippi. I didn't have a Black Culture Center on my campus. Uh, when I went to Ole Miss, I didn't have a, you know, um a commission on the status of Black males or a, a MLK commission to join. Those things. Are are so important, and the fact that they're open to us um, and they're available for us to serve in that way is is mm-hmm. incredible. So yeah,
2: yeah, and yeah. I like the fact if I could add to that since I've been here, you come up with an idea, and you can just make it happen, and yeah. it's not that hard. And then all of a sudden you have people they go, oh yeah, you know, at, mm-hmm. at one time they didn't celebrate Black History Month like they do now. Yeah. And
0: or, or Juneteenth,
2: yeah, or Juneteenth, and it, I will name his name. It was Mayor Mark Cruzan. He had an open door policy to the public, so I went to him and I said, "Hey, we're not celebrating um, Black, we're not uplifting Black History Month." He said, "Well, I'll call together a meeting, and come on this certain day, and we're going to talk about it." So I came with a yellow notepad full of ideas. And Jim Sim was there. It was before Beverly came to the city. Somebody else was there. Had a room full of people. And we said, well, let's start brainstorming about Black History Month. I go, here you go. Ready. And you know, the mayor, the city, everybody. It it happened. And from that day t- then, when Krasan was on till now, we and it's getting bigger and better. Because people just came on board, it's not hard if you have an idea. not here, here in Bloomington, you it can, the ball would start true. rolling.
0: That is true, and it's not just restaurants that you see popping up all the time. Right. people have they have civic ideas, they have yeah. uh, ideas to enhance and to look. We have incubators starting all over the place here in Bloomington, yeah. and this is why this is one of the unique. So well, what about
2: this radio show?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. How
2: this started?
0: And yeah. I uh, well, Liz and I, going back now on the nineteenth, actually, we're kind of going into our twentieth year. Yeah,
2: we're going into our twentieth
0: uh, year. You were you were really really passionate about doing the history, uh, the dark past and the bright future. I mean, that's right. Perfect, perfect praise for that. And uh, back then, it was Ryan Bruce who was the manager of WFHB. Uh, and I said, well, look, you know, we have these, um, these segments for all different groups. I said, but there's not one for African-Americans. He looked at me and said, well, what do you have in mind? I'm like, whoa. I said, I'll get back with you. Yeah. And then and then, 20 years ago, we launched our first show featuring Mike Davis, first black basketball coach. And we also mm-hmm. interviewed Felice Leggett-Jack, who is still, both are still coaching and doing a phenomenal job. But uh, the, the people we've talked to, um, the conversations that we struck here in Bloomington, and the comments that you hear in the community, hey, I listened to you all the other week, oh, you're on that show, huh? and, and you hear all these different, all positive. Um, I never knew that. And that you can take that all kind But <laughs> But here, here
2: again, an idea, <laughs> and how an long did it take, a month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. not so, even that long, not even and, that and, long. And here we are going on 20 years later. 20 years. So um, yeah, you're right. So I would tell that to the students, Gloria, absolutely. that they are more than welcome to come up with ideas for the community they live in. Cause like you said, and I we're all one community. That's right. I you not we all live here in That's Monroe right. County.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: There there are a couple more things as time, believe it or not, uh is kind of oh, getting my. away, but the virtual <laughs> toolkit if you could talk a little bit about, about that. And then too, something that caught my eye was tell us your story about Dr. Martin King's influence on your life. So is it, these are two virtual digital means by which people like we were just talking about, hey, I want to express what this gentleman meant to me. Mm-hmm. Or I want to um, talk about just how we can educate each other. Because you remember, you said that you train people, and I think that training is—it's not—is that like a week or two long, or the training so to go out in the community?
1: When we do the one community curriculum training, it's—it's it's like a couple hours.
0: Oh, okay, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, she Boot said hand. it was
1: robust. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, it is. It, it is, and it's—it's um—it's—it's it's kind of all laid out and and organized in a way to where you know you can you take the lesson with you so you can kind of mull over it. Um, and it's, it's it's a guide essentially that folks can use as they do the tra- as they do the um, facilitation.
0: Okay, and so then the virtual toolkit, um, uh, what's going on there, and then also to tell us your story about Dr. Martin Luther King. I think that's uh, a way to record to digitally record your impressions on Dr. King.
1: Yes, those are things that um, are facilitated by the. Um, Office of the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, the marketing and communications team there, which is incredible. Um, Roberta Radovich is one of the people that's a part of making that happen. Um, As you all know, Roberta literally does everything. She's another person that's really a good example of like town and gal, um, Mm -hmm. keeping keeping people together. But um, she's very instrumental in in the IU MLK Day um, activities. And the virtual toolkit um, is something that everybody can can access um, if you simply go to the IU website or or, or go to um, IU MLK Day celebration um, and the virtual toolkit. Uh, there's some social media assets there that you can put on social media pages that you can send to people. Um, beautiful graphics and of course we know that those that messaging is so important because it has to again reach a wide audience and a lot of our audiences are on social media so. Um, there's opportunities to do that um, and use those assets in social media and any material that you send out about MLK um, about MLK Day celebration and then uh, what was the other piece that you asked about
0: uh, the tell us your story about Dr. King influence uh, mm-hmm. uh, yes. that, that seems and Liz that seems, sounds like something that you might really love getting involved with it uh,
2: <laughs> if I didn't have a hundred other things going on <laughs>
0: Well, in your downtime, okay.
2: <laughs> <love it. I laughs>
0: in twenty
1: twenty six. Oh, okay. In twenty twenty six. I love it. But and and I'll quickly say, like kinda of as a connector point to that tell your story um MLK piece, one of the events, and we'll talk more about this um mm-hmm. in probably later conversations about, sure. about Black History Month. But one of the things, the storytelling piece is that the Neil Marshall is hosting an event called Black in the Day. Um, so a playoff of back in the day, but it's called Black in the Day. Um, and it's going to be on uh, Wednesday. I believe that's February the 7th. Um, and it's yeah. going to be like a lunch hour type of thing um, in the Bridgewater's Lounge in the Mill Marshall, where we're going to invite, um, and you all will get special invitations to this. Uh, I've got to go to that. So wait. <laughs> So we're inviting um our elders and folks in the community. Actually, was inspired to do this by um Dr. Charlie Nams, who's who is a, a mentor of mine and just someone who's a great you know friend. I love of Charlie yeah.
2: Nams. Yeah. yeah,
1: he's just a good just a good guy yeah. and willing to give his time and um yes forces and energy. And so um I like to kind of workshop things with with Charlie and um. I've been, of course, to his home where he showed me, like, he and he and Janetta, um, different things that they've had from Arkansas. We know Charlie grew up on the farm. Right. And so um, he has all these things, you know, washboards and
0: uh, and shit. Yeah, like, all
1: these things. He got that things. cotton sack that, that he, he got had a cotton sack. That. that thing was five feet long or six feet yes. long or
0: something.
1: Yes. He has so many, like, really um meaningful artifacts that that in and of themselves tell stories. And right. um and so, you know, talking to him and he he inspired um inspired me it was like, you know, I have things. There's probably people in this other people in this community who have things and you the two of you were two, two people that he made. Um along with some more folks like Mrs. Devane and, you know, oh, yeah. the McCluskeys, like all these folks that probably have things, um whether it be from childhood or from you know college days or what have you, um, and so we're going to take a trip down memory lane with this event. Um, the Bridgewaters, I still have some of their things, some of their things in my office, but um, we're going to ask folks to just come and almost like a grown-up show and tell, um, and just have folks come and talk with our students. And, and Students are also encouraged to to get things from there, like you know maybe grandparents or aunts and uncles and things like that. Oh, yeah. And come and share those items. Um, so we can look at them. We'll have a you know a little display. We can look at them, we can see what they do. Um, the Black Film Center and Archive is gonna bring some old movie reels and things from their collection that we can have. Um, and we're gonna allow folks to walk through the Neil Marshall Archives, which is yeah. a newly created space that we have um in our building where we have some beautiful cases that were donated by the Makala. Um, the folks over at McCullough that have been incredibly helpful with us. So we're going to display um, some Neil Marshall artifacts, um, particularly the Black Knowledge Bowl, um, in it, which is in its 42nd year um, happening wow. on campus. So we have some old artifacts from that uh, Dr. Maltzby sent us from previous Knowledge Bowls that we'll have on display. So I'm excited about that event, and I'll talk more about it when we do a part two uh, for Black History Month and make sure that that folks know about um, the Black in the Day and the other events that we have.
2: I can't uh, wait for that. I already know what I'm bringing.
0: Hey Liz, you see how Gloria just slid in when we do a part two for Black History Month. You know, she's already (laughs) she's inviting all these other people, right? I I, I uh, get it. So she's
2: getting getting the other two. We're going to have a lineup and she's coming back. I I I got it.
0: I said on the front end that she is a contributor to Bring It On. I meant so in every sense of the word. Uh, And we did talk about a day on and not a day off. Uh, The one thing, the big program, which Town & Gown really come together on, is that that evening on the 15th, uh, which this is airing simultaneously to that event. That that started at 6. We started airing at 6. And that is in the Kirk Chumley. Where the official sort of city celebration um, is is acknowledged and concludes with a keynote speaker. Um, and this year is Jesse Hagapian, who we've had the pleasure to interview, Liz. Um, and we've played his interview now uh, once already, because we have pre-recorded it. And we will probably play that again. Last week, we played last year's keynote speaker. Uh, the state legislative rep from Georgia. Uh, we, we played her interview from last year and we're going to play Jesse's probably next week, or we're going to get that in here somewhere. Yeah. But what I really like is the fact that it's almost as if everything shuts down and, and all activity comes to the bus curb and Wfhb, the station that we're so proudly broadcasting from simulcast the activities so that everybody in the city can hear. And then BCAT, um, uh, uh, likewise, uh, virtual well, sends it out by, by means of television signal out to the community, by cable to the community. You don't find it in every city in, Blooming- in Indiana. You, you, just, you just don't. Large, small, whatever. We are unique. We are unique. And I think it took a lot of hands through the years to forge out uh, these opportunities for common people, like ourselves, to just roll up your sleeves and get involved. So I really appreciate that. We have about four minutes left. And, Gloria, what, what have we not talked about? Did, did, did you get the check for coming on here? Did it, did it arrive okay? It didn't bounce this time, did it? We put money in the account. <laughs>
2: And I this took is, it to the post office myself. Yeah, she took it to
0: the post office, special <laughs> delivery. No, no, everybody, this is all volunteer. Yeah. We ain't there yet. We will be one day. We we'll have a I, chauffeur-driven limousine to pick you up, bring you to the station, all that good stuff.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. Gosh, we covered a lot of ground tonight. Um, I'm really excited about this. Is always a a busy time, and and um, I was laughing with someone the other day. About how there are certain things that have been consistent in my eleven years that I've been in Bloomington, and that is the weather on MLK Day. It's always snowing and cold.
0: You get your wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I know, but it, it's nothing like. Um, I have a my one of my good friends, Lisa Young, and um, who lives here and has been in Bloomington for a while. And she and I are do do uh, service together um in the community and she just decided, you know, I'm just gonna be your chauffeur uh for any time there's an M L K day because I always get stuck somewhere. Um last year I got stuck at my sister's closet and like literally stuck in the in the snow. I think it was last year or year before last. So oh. she and <laughs> she was like, You two southern so I'm just gonna make sure you get to and fro. <laughs> yeah. Um but that is something to be on the lookout as we move into um we yeah. you know MLK, the continuation of MLK, Black History Month, there's a lot of service projects that happen um, right. throughout that time. So making sure if you're doing a service project um, to watch the weather, because a lot of entities have. Um, they postpone if the if the temps look right. a certain way or or that sort of thing. Right. So that's and one thing. So? Absolutely. Yeah, um, and also watch the Bloomington Volunteer Network emails. Um, yes. that things that come out from there because if you're looking for opportunities, whether it be for MLK or elsewhere, they always have. them. Yeah.
2: and to prove one point before we go, when we talked about how unique Bloomington is and that all of the opportunities that we have, uh, Indianapolis has been looking at us, and so and thank you, Gloria. You're going to participate. Their uh, television crew is going to come. They want to know how we do black history month. And I told the the young man, it's coming. I said, we celebrate all year. It's not a month for us. There's something going on about every month throughout the year. You will get exposed to our culture and our experience. So we're going to talk about that with him. And, um, and I don't know when it's going to be broadcast, but, um, I, I just think that's neat that other communities are coming here, so yeah. we're showing Indiana how they should be. The that's city right. of Bloomington.
0: That's right.
2: Absolutely.
0: And on that note, uh, I think we can segue off. We're gonna we're gonna bring you back, Gloria. So don't worry about it. And we, you could bring your guests that you've already invited, and that's fine. <laughs> we want to thank Dr. Gloria Howe, member of the City of Bloomington's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Birthday Celebration Commission and also director of the New Marshall Black Culture Center on the Indiana University Bloomington campus for joining us to discuss today's celebratory activities in honor of Dr. Keene and also giving us a wonderful prelude of what's to come in Black History Month here in the city of Bloomington.
2: Bring It On has an open submission policy. So if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address is on at wfhb.org.
0: If you have an event or happening uh, the African-American community should know about, please send us that info directly to the Bring It On staff. Again, that email address is on at wfhb.org.
2: Our show's executive producer is none other than the handsome Clarence Boone. <laughs> Our assistant producer is myself, Liz Mitchell. Our consultant and WFHB news department director is Cade Young. Our program engineer is Chanton Lafontant. Our original theme music was created by Jamal Ephraim. With additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Liz Mitchell.
0: And for the vivacious, beautiful Liz Mitchell, I'm Clarence Berry. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB.
1: You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana.